Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Uh, obviously, we followed the story a ton here on Brian and Company and WTIC. This transition from Division One athletics to Division Three at the University of Hartford. We know that they made the NCAA tournament. Well, it might be is it like is it three years ago now? I mean, or is it? I can't even remember. And then soon after, we found and they played Baylor, the eventual national champs, and University of Hartford played Baylor as tough as anybody else. And usually, that's a springboard to more applications, even fundraising. And soon after, we find out they're going to move to Division Three, and the basketball program would be decimated. I mean, they had a, just a brutal season as they, they continue that transition. And then we find out um, late last week that Gregory Woodward, the president of the University of Hartford, who presided over this decision, uh, will retire at the end of his contract this summer. And, you know, he's—it's been a—listen, he had the pandemic. He lost his wife. Uh, there's a lot of difficulties and challenges, obviously, running an institution— uh, but, you know, whether it's the the issues with his um, not being forthright on his CV or this decision and how the communication process has been. Now, we reached out to the school and asked if they'd offer somebody up on this story as well. And as you, you know, they, they did not. We've asked many times to speak to President Woodward. And he was there for six years at the end of his this contract. So, the, you know, the, is he retiring or is, the, is he not? Usually 10 years. They usually last 10 years. That's what usually college presidents do for their tenure. And someone who brought national attention to this story, mainly through his column in the Washington Post, but other media appearances, John Feinstein, the great John Feinstein, author of many, many books, and college basketball is one of his great strengths. John, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay. How's everybody doing up there? Yeah, we're ready for a snowstorm for once. So apparently, um, I, I heard the weather report. Yeah. So listen, I guess generally, just starting off, like, what do you th- what do you think of this news? Well, I think it's good news for the University of Hartford, depending on what happens next. Uh, I I have made it clear I'm not a Woodward fan. Uh, Like a lot of college presidents, when I tried to talk to him about the decision uh, to suddenly move from D1 to D3 two years ago after they'd made the NCAA tournament, uh, he, of course, wouldn't talk to me, had some spokesman put out a statement, because that's what you do when when you're, you're wrong. And when you don't have the confidence to answer questions, uh, there's a reason why the owner of the Washington football team, Dan Snyder, hasn't been seen, seen around here for several years. Um, and Woodward's the same. And uh, I'm assuming there's some kind of buyout package related to his quote-unquote retirement. But the question now is, because the, the board, from what I understand, is mostly uh, Woodward people. And <clears throat> can you get them out of there or with Woodward gone? Can you get them to understand what a disastrous decision this has been from the first minute? Mm. Uh, I mean, poor Tom Devitt had to coach a team with seven players this year. They had no conference schedule because they had to leave the America East as part of their transition. Right. Uh, And they won five games. It's a miracle they won five games. And I would love to see people, you know, whether it's alumni or boosters or former players, uh, get get to this board and say, look, there's no reason for us to leave Division One, as you mentioned in in your intro. Uh, a lot of the numbers that have been put out there by Woodward and his people claiming that a move to D three would be good are, are aren't aren't accurate. And it, after Hartford went to the tournament in 2021, first time in history, uh, it was a great story. 
Uh, it was a story that with the entire tournament taking place in Indianapolis, there was a lot of focus the first week on John Gallagher and on the Hartford team. They were going to go nowhere but in the right direction. They were gonna, it was going to help recruiting. It was going to help fundraising. Um, and, and yet the, and they got hit on the head with this hammer. There is still time. Uh, to withdraw their application to D3 because they won't become full-fledged D3 for two more years. Uh, I'm not that optimistic it'll happen, but it should happen. Well, that was what what I was going to ask you. We're talking with John Feinstein here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 10. And I'm glad you gave Tom Devitt um, the kudos, too. What a hard, hard job he had to do. Do. Impossible. Yeah, yeah. it's just and he's a he's a really good guy and a good coach, a basketball guy yeah. through and through. And you know, but you really raise the ultimate point. I mean, it feels to me like it's too late anyway. Like it, the lives have been hurt. You know, the players have been hurt. You know, John Gallagher's career has been hurt. And I mean, I, I'm sure he'll end up being fine. But I mean, it's been a tough road for for, for a lot of people. But it doesn't seem like something you can just you know. Switch it in. It's like in Ferris Bueller. You don't put it in reverse and take the mileage off the odometer. Yeah, you, you, your your point's well taken. Uh, and and the damage that's been done can't be undone to all the athletes in different sports. Uh, many of whom left the school, as you know, coaches like John Gallagher. Uh, it, it's a disaster for the school, yep. the, the, for the University of Hartford. But then you you say, okay, we're sitting right here. We got rid of Woodward. What do we do next? Do we simply accept his disastrous move and, and go on as a D3 school? Uh, and by the way, two years of transition in which you can't compete in, in the NCAA tournament, no matter how well you might play. Um, or do we try to make some amends? Do we, uh, in effect, start from square one? Because that's what they'd be doing. And uh, go out and, and try to recruit athletes and say, look, we're back. You know, we're going to give scholarships again. We're going to try and raise money to improve our facilities. We went through a disastrous period. You know, you you brought up Baylor, which won the national championship in 2021. In 2004, Baylor was involved in a situation where um, not only did one player murder another, but the coach, Dave Bliss, encouraged his players to lie when, when the police came to investigate. And obviously it came out, he was fired, the program was shut down, and they, and they had to start from square one with Scott Drew uh, a couple years later. And it took a while, but Scott Drew, who's a great coach, obviously, eventually built a national champion. Now, you don't expect Hartford to build a national champion, but if you do the right things and realize you're on square one uh, and accept that, you can build a, a team that got to the stage where John Gallagher's team was. They were in the final of uh, the America East tournament on 2020 yeah. when the season was shut down. And then the next year they came back and won the America East tournament. Yeah. You right. get a pro- the program there, everybody would be happy. You know, listen, I, I just, I think a lot of people, you know, why, why pay attention to a little old University of Hartford? And for you to bring national attention, you know, meant a lot to a lot of people and your insight. Uh, you, clearly, you know the story. And uh, and I know a lot of people are, are grateful that you you brought a wider audience. To, well, to all story. you ever hear, Brian, from from administrators at schools like Woodward, uh, is we, we care about our student athletes. Well, that's a bunch of you know what. And I try when I have the opportunity to write stories that focus on athletes, whether because of great accomplishment or because they're not being treated well by the their administrators. And this was sadly one of those cases. Are you working on a book right now? What's going on? 
Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, I have a book coming out in May on David Faraday, uh, the golfer slash golf announcer, whose story is so unique. Uh, grew up in the Troubles in Northern Ireland, has had a very difficult life in so many ways, but has also had an amazingly accomplished life. And it's one of the two funniest people I've ever met in sports, uh, David and the late Jim Valvano. So it was a, a very fun project. Did you have to really uh, go back and tweak a little bit with the Live Golf stuff, or...? Oh, sure. Yeah. I did, actually. Um, in fact, I I sent him a text right after the announcement, um, and I said, you're making me rewrite the last two chapters of this book so you can make a measly couple million bucks? And he wrote me back. He said, well, it's more than a measly couple million bucks. I wonder. I mean, that's so, the thing you'd love to know, to get under the hood of that whole thing. But, hey, so the book comes out in the spring. May 9th right, is great. the publication date. Awesome. Exactly. Well, John, I appreciate it. You've been very accessible, and uh, and I greatly appreciate it. And have a wonderful day. Yeah, my pleasure. You too. Right. Bye-bye. John Feinstein. Book's out in May. Um, David Verity is a fascinating character. And now he's, man, you just wonder, right? How much how much did he get to, to jump ship? And there's a, there's a bunch of stories out about all the restrictions in the Live Golf contracts for the players. Like, they... There's some real, real interesting language in their contracts, and it, I think it's so strict in their contracts that it hurts their lawsuit against the PGA. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.